Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Your host, Gregorio Leoni, will have smart discussion with experts, thought leaders, and friends on customer experience, transformation, innovation, and leadership. I hope you will enjoy the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight it's really a big, big pleasure because I have Tim Hooks together with me. Hi, Tim. How are you? Hi, Greg. I'm really excited to talk to you. It's it's a, a it's a lovely day here in London, um, and I'm really excited to talk with you and talk about customer experience and the way things have changed. And it's a it, it's a wonderful world that we live in. I think what you are saying, yes, that's true. We need to look on the bright side of life to quote a song. But yes. <laughs> besides that, I think this is an, this is also an important to have this discussion, these ex- exchanges. And, you know, we met through LinkedIn and mm-hmm. it was a good match for you, for my audience. And therefore, I'm super happy to discuss with you about customer experience and social selling. We see also in your background for the people watching to the video that you have a nice book. But before we start discussing about the book, I always ask this question. Uh, Tim, could you please introduce yourself? Uh, yes, I'm Tim Hughes, um, and um, I'm the CEO and co-founder of a company called DLA, DLA Ignite. Uh, and what we do is that we transform sales teams and transform businesses to to use digital. So not digital as in IT things, but digital in terms of the people and the process. Um, and that quite often manifests itself in what most people know as um, social selling. Um, and um, as you mentioned, there's a uh, I've got a new book out. Um, and uh, so most people see it as the digitalization of sales, but actually it's very, very much broader than that. But we're here really to talk about customer experience and sales and marketing. Uh, but I think social selling and social <laughs> social media are really, really important. But before we deep dive in, in this topic, perhaps also to learn a bit more about you, which values drives you in life? What, what sorry? Which values drives you in life? Um, I, I think that, um, I mean, what, what we try and do and what I, I, I try and, um, uh, show as, as well is to, um, what, what we're doing is helping people, um, and we're helping people to be more effective and efficient. And I know kind of like everybody can, will, will say that, but you know, what, what we're doing is that we're, this, the, here, we're living in a world of an inflection point. So it's a bit like when the industrial revolution came along and, um, and changed things. Here we are, are in a, in a similar industrial revolution and we're moving to digital. And for everybody, that's going to be difficult and hard. Um, but they've got to do it to survive. And so the best thing to do is actually to come uh, from it from a, um, a, a way of actually help. Um, and, you know, what we do every day is all of us who w- work for the business put out interesting content that we think that will help people. Um, and the book is there. It's not about me and my journey or anything like that. It's it's a book, a workbook to to help people um, who want to become digital or want to use social selling. So that and that that kind of drives us every day. Thank you very much. And I think you are already touching the the, the topic we would like to to discuss today. And and to to kick off this this topic, we we speak about customer experience on on this on this show. You are speaking about social selling, and I think these two topics are really related between uh, between themselves. And basically, now with COVID going in direction digital, um. 
Do you see any changes that have taken place over the last few few months in relation to digital and customer experience? Uh, I think there's been a massive change. E even before COVID, you know, we were seeing that social media changed the world. It's changed the way that we live our lives from society perspective. You know, we, we, we now are able to keep in contact with people right across the world and grandparents are able to see grandchildren in Australia and stuff like that. And we were never able to do that before. Um, and we also know that when we turn on the TV, there will be something about something about Twitter or someone said this or someone. And, and we've also seen that the way that we've changed it, the way that we do business. You know, when I first started doing uh, working in corporate world, helping salespeople with social, you know, it was just a case of, you know, well, why don't you look up your customers before you go and see them? Um, but that's now accelerated. And as, as buyers, there's an infinite amount of, um, information available on the, on the internet. You know, even something simple about, you know, I was sitting in a cafe with my partner and I said, let's go to Iceland for the weekend. And she said, okay, well, I'll look at the flights and you look at the Airbnbs. And we're sitting there actually having a conversation with our mobiles, not, not to, as in talking to each other saying, I found this Airbnb. What do you think? And so what happens is that, we, we now have this situation where we're kind of this, this, this digital twin, where we have ourselves sitting in the, in the analog world, but immediately we'll go on into, say, LinkedIn, and there's us in the digital world. And I think there's still this disconnection that there's, there's not a, an understanding that there is this digital world that we live in. Um, and we talk about being able to walk digital, walk digital corridors and have digital conversations. And now that's a skill just as much as, Excel and um, PowerPoint became a skill, was it, 20 years ago? Um, and, and being able to do that, you're now, everybody has to be able to do that. Whether you're in sales, whether you're in marketing, whether you're in human resources, it's a fundamental way of, of working. And that's, and what's happened with COVID is COVID has accelerated that. Before COVID, we were in a situation where people went, nah, you know, it'll never happen. And of course, we've had two years of having to sit at home, having to use the internet, having to converse with people. Um, I, I remember when, when, um, shutdown first happened in March 2020 in the UK and people were saying, I don't know how to use Zoom. And we were all joking about mum and grandma or whatever go, what button do I need to press and stuff like that? You know, my, my mother started running, she, she runs wine groups. Um, she's a big member of the U3A, the, the University of the Third Age. And they and the, and someone said, "Oh, you can't run a wine group on 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 Zoom." On Zoom, she said, "Okay, I'll show you how to do it." And so one person went around and dropped the bottles at all the different houses, and then they sat there on Zoom and and tasted them. And the, the, you know, everything is now. You know, they said you couldn't run, you couldn't have a doctor on Zoom. Now you, the only way that you can get a doctor here in the UK is now online. They said you can't run churches, you can't do piano lessons all of that is now is the whole of the way that we live live has now transformed transformed online and that's the same in business as it is in society um and the problem that the organizations face is not realizing this and or, or recognizing this and doing something about it it's super interesting what what you're saying and i really like the the way that you're explaining that 
on one side, on the human side, making the example of your partner and so on, and on the other side, on the business. And perhaps to unpack also my experience, what, what you said, this is this is the key because I have a small son, is five years old, yeah. and this is, was the only way that we he was able to speak with uh, with the grand uh, grand um, ch- uh, with uh, with the grandchildren and having this connection between him and my mother or my father-in-law, it helped. And at least it was only digital. But now they understand that the small children, five years old, oh, I can talk with uh, with my. With, with other people through the phone and on the other side also elder people that are able to be part of a familiar situation uh, also far, far, far away. And, 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 I, remember, and I remember um, uh, having calls, um, you know, I run a global business, you know, and, and, and I remember having a call in the morning with Australia, then going on to having one with India, then having one in the UK, <laughs> and then having one in with the US. Everybody was in exactly the same position. Um, it wasn't just because there was a typhoon in in Japan or something like that. Everybody across the world had the same. It was impacted the same way, and we were all forced to learn how to use mobile phones, how to use the internet, and how to use tools like this, um, how to use social media, um, and and even even the laggards. You know, sixty percent of the world's population are now active on social media, and active means that they spend two and a half hours a day. So, so um, you, you know, a, a friend of mine who's a millennial said, if you're not on social media, then it only means you've got something to hide. Um, and we're now in a situation where the only people that are not on social media worldwide are people like North Korea and Burundi and um, places where they block um, access to it. So it, it's made such a massive change and it's set, made such a massive change to the way that we do business. And the expectation from our from our buyers and our customers in the way that they do business with us, which is now online. And and I think this is this is the key. All the consumers, all the buyers are now online, comparing online what you said also with the example of your partner that you were trying to book um, Airbnb and to book the flight. And how can then brands find a new way to connect with buyers? Mm. Yeah. Yes. And and that's that's. That's the, the the $56 million question, which is what what brands have done um, now for over 100 years is use interruption. So what you do, whether it's a cold call or an email or an advert, is you interrupt me and you pitch. And what brands think they do with social media is they do interruption, which is they will pay media, which is they're going to interrupt me and their pitch. And then they find it doesn't work. And, and the reason why it doesn't work is social media is social media. It's a media that allows you to be social, which is, you know, you and I met because we had we met, we had a conversation just as we much, much as if I met you in at a networking event in Zurich and said, hi, how are you doing? God, it's been a long time since I was in Zurich. Um, and, you know, and. Uh, and then we had a conversation and have a conversation. And that's the thing that people m- miss because what they've done before is that they've posted an ad. They've they've made a cold call. They've posted an email and they don't. And once you send the email, you go, well, that's it. With social, what you actually do is you have conversations. So posting on social actually doesn't generate you anything. Posting on social to generate a conversation does because it because within B2B, conversations create sales 
you know, what I sell requires you to have a conversation. Um, and what most people sell in B2B requires you to have a conversation. Maybe you can you can turn some of it and, and say, right, okay, we're going to post some of it on the web and maybe some people will buy it. But history has shown so far that when when customers say they prefer to buy off the web, what they actually mean is I don't like dealing with salespeople because all they do is try and pitch to me and try and sell me something. And what happens is, unfortunately, all of this stuff about um, interruption goes against a, a very common psychological condition, which is that we don't like being told what to do or we don't like being presented with an idea. And what happens is that it impacts our um, um, the our, our old brain, so the the brain that we had on the Serengeti, not the, the the new brain that we have. And that brain has two reactions: one is fight, and one is flight. So what happens is that if I if I immediately if someone cold calls me, I, I don't take cold calls. But if they if if someone got through, then immediately the first thing that happens is you want to either fight them or flight. And the problem with cold calling is you have to try and get through that. Um, I could give you other reasons why it, cold calling doesn't work anymore, but fundamentally, we see marketing is broken. And and until people actually recognize that we're living in a hyper-connected world where we're able to get hold of, um, as buyers, we're able to make decisions, go around salespeople, um, not look at brands, um, compare things. So even if you cold call me, I can go online and com- I can compare you to other brands. The same with adverts. You know, a friend of mine said to me, I like adverts. I said, why is that? He says, well, it gives me ideas. And then I go and usually go and buy from another product, go and buy another product. So here we are, people placing ads, and all they're doing is driving people to the competition. This is the fundamental issue that, that brands are impacted with today. Uh, I think that uh, what you're saying is extremely interesting. One thing that you mentioned that uh, I would like to, to repeat is people are spending two and a half hours on social media mm. a day. And it means yeah, it's yeah. a lot of time. The, the second thing that you mentioned, it's about conversation. Because, and I am also on LinkedIn, I continually get this messages dms do you have 30 minutes to have 15 minutes tomorrow or next week for a conversation i could spend my whole day only listening to pitches to something that i don't need and that's yeah. what i think what what you're saying it's extremely key and changing and going in now in the right direction what you were saying how do you define social selling in the right way it's really really good question greg um and and just going back to what you say you know these people that are sending spam messages that's not social selling it's spam um we see social selling um is it's about using your presence and behavior on social media to build influence and and connections grow relationships and trust which leads to conversation and commercial interaction and what we do is that we help organizations do that. So that's about connecting to people and and starting a conversation just as much as I would do if I came, if I was in Zurich and I came up to you and say, hey, Greg, um, I like your hat. Um, and, and we just start talking. And the thing is, is we're, we're all used to doing that. Um, and we're all used to, you know, have going to parties or meeting parents and having conversations but the moment that we seem to switch into work mode we suddenly can't we lose the the art of the conversation immediately all we can do is talk about our company and our products and nobody cares 
Nobody cares about our company or products. They may do further down the line once you've actually had a conversation. But see, I was talking to someone the other day, a senior sales leader, and um, and he said to me, he said, um, he said, I don't believe any of this works. I said, so how do you think we've just got on this call? And he went, oh, yeah. I said, so I connected to you on on uh, LinkedIn. He went, yeah. I said, we then started having a conversation. We, it was you that actually suggested that we go on a call and, and have a – and I said, here I am pitching to you. He said and, – and it was just like that penny drop moment or that aha moment where someone went, oh, yeah. It, and, you know, this isn't – even though we may say stop, stop selling, actually you'll sell more by stop selling. And by being social on so on social media and having conversations, and what we do is that what I'm what I talk about in in this book is about how to do that, how how you can actually use social media. Now, one CEO said to me uh, when he read the first edition of it, he said it was the first book he'd ever read where he saw there was a connection between social media and revenue, and that's what. That's the the message that I had in my head when I rewrote the book for the second edition. I wanted to make sure that people are very, very clear that there is an ability to create revenue from social. If you're not, you're leaving money on the table. And what you're saying, it's exactly the same discussion that we have in the customer experience community. How we link customer experience to revenues, to profit, long-term yes. profit, short-term profit. But at the end, it's why business exists is to make profit and to, to earn money and, and to create and, value. And your customer experience is the experience the experience that the buyer has, the, the buyer, well, let's take the buyer for the moment, has on digital. So it's not just about your website. Because if you think about what, what buyers do, buyers will go on to social media and they will say, I've got a, you know, they will start searching for a problem. So we have a, a client, which is Namos, which is a hundred person Oracle reseller. They're in a situation where they've transformed their sales team. The sales team now have what we call buyer-centric profiles. They look interesting to buyers. The buyer said, you look interesting. Can you help me? And the salesperson then had a conversation, which is a normal conversation that salespeople and buyers have. That turned into a $2.6 million deal. They've subsequently taken another um, $600K out of that client. So the fact of the matter is is this isn't low-level stuff. People are making and doing very large transactions on, on social. And if you're not empowering your team with it, you're missing out on that. Um, so, so, so we have this situation that, that social is where the buyers are. But it's also the same with it's, – it's also – the buyer is also looking for a job. You know, job hunters are doing exactly the same. Investors are doing exactly the same. So that your your customer experience is about your online presence, not just about your sales team, but the whole of the business. You know, what what is it as your as a as a job hunter? What what am I doing? I'm looking to see what your business stands for. What does what's the CEO like? What's the board like? And I'm coming onto social media and I'm making those decisions. The same as if I'm going to invest in your business, I'm going to look you up on social. So this is about this isn't just about sales. This is about a whole of customer experience that people have, regardless of whether they, whether your prospect, your client, your employee, your future employee, an investor, whatever. You have to have an online presence that people can go. 
that person that isn't that business interesting i'd love to work there or isn't that you know if if i was in the market for that that's that's the company that i would like to buy and people are doing this right now this isn't something that's happening in the future you know we've been as a business we've been doing for this for six years transforming companies and we have companies that complain to us complain to us they have too much pipeline and they have too much pipeline because they're building a customer experience. And you know this. If you go a good customer experience, then people will come to you because they'll come to you and they'll also come back. And this is about building a, a customer experience that people want to go, go for in the digital space. And I think having a pipeline is, is not so bad, I would say it nowadays. And well, uh, absolutely. I, I thought it was really funny when the people when the, I was on a call and said, we've got a problem. So what's that? So we've got too much pipeline. <laughs> no, I, I understand it, but what you're saying, it totally makes sense. Perhaps also to help the audience to really, really understand the difference between social selling done in the right way and spam. Uh, do you have some in, some ideas, some thoughts to, to share how to really quickly find out what's good and what's bad? So, so spam is where people come to you and basically interrupt you and 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 pitch their product, um, and it's the same as what they're doing it on social as, as they would do it on email, and it you know uh, it, all of that is spam. The three there's three things that you need to know understand about social selling. Um, the first is you need to have what we call a biocentric profile. This is a profile that buyers will go, "You look interesting." So, your LinkedIn profile um, is your shop window. There's 850 million people on LinkedIn and they walk past your shop window every day. Now, do they walk past it and go, that looks boring? Or do they walk past it and go, that person's looking for a job? Or do they walk past it and go, that looks interesting. I'm going to actually read this. Wow, that's, wow, that's, wow, they did that. Wow, wow. Um, and oh, I've got a lot in common with this person. You know, what, what, what is it that they, what is it they're going to, 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 to see when they see that profile? Now, a lot of see, a lot of salespeople will say things like, um, "I've I got I've been in President's Club four out of the five four out of the last five years, and whenever I get my teeth into a prospect, either they die or I will die first. Now, as a buyer, that that's not a person that I'm going to um, be interested in. Um, so you need to have a profile, and and the more that you make it about, about yourself, it is very true that people buy people." especially on social the more you make it about yourself you're more that you'll find that people will lean in the um chris fleming who's the ceo of cyberhawk which is one of our clients he says in his summary that he was expelled from school now he tells a story about why he was expelled from school and the learnings that he took from that and the fact that he's now a ceo of a of a, a very fast growing company but what you'll do is that you're as is when people look at it and go you know this is this is a ceo that I could, this is a CEO that I'd like to go with for, to, to, for beers with. This is a CEO that I'd, I'd, I, I think that we could do business with. And, and that's what people are looking for. They're making those sort of decisions online. The second thing that you need is a network. And as wide as as broad as network as you can get. Now, what you'll find is that if you talk to salespeople and you say, okay, you're working on a particular account, how many people are you connected to? They'll usually say none or one. And, and what you need is to be connected to as many people in that account as you can. I have one person who works for me. He has one particular target account. He's connected to a thousand people in that account. 
He's connected to the whole of the C-suite in the UK and the whole of the C-suite in the US. But when anybody he connects to looks at him, they look at him and go, well, he's connected to all these senior people in this company. He must be a good guy. And so what he's doing is that he's actually, this is, this is about walking the digital corridors, walking those corridors and talking to the different people. Now, when you want to sell into account, you talk to as many people as you as you can to get advice from them. Um, and he's having conversations. He's gaining understanding of what's going on, how he can position his solution and finding a person that cares, which is what we've always done in sales, but he's doing it digitally. The third thing that you need is content. Now, this is not brochures and, and, and brochureware because nobody's interested because we know what a brochure says. It says how great your company is. Um, and we know you're going to say that. What we're looking for is authentic content, something that, that shows your personality, but shows that you know what you're talking about. So, for example, this, the example of Namos and the salesperson where the person said, looked at their profile and said, you look interesting. You're obviously from the, the content they're sharing. You understand the business issues that I've got. Now, we all know if you've been in sales, it doesn't matter whether we've been in sales short or long, you know what the business issues that you need to resolve. Write about it. Talk about it. Um, share articles about it, share videos about it. And the more variety on, on the content you can do, the better. If you scale this up, scale it across as many people in your business, through sales, through HR, maybe through procurement, um, what happens is that you start what we call, start what we call digital dominance. So this is understand it. So this is basically taking on all of the digital conversations and taking all the oxygen away from your competition. So this is, so you, you can start off small with a pilot with sales and then build that up across the, the, the business. But ultimately what happens is that in the network that you're connected to, all of the people that you're connected to say, Tim Hughes is a really good guy because there's his profile. He shares really interesting content. And when anybody is looking to buy something, you're front of mind. But as you're as you've been building your network and you and everybody else in your organization is building that network, your tentacles across the territory or the vertical you own, you own it. And this is how people can become the um the market leader or the employee of choice in their particular market by owning that narrative and owning the um um and owning the the, the contacts and the connections through their network. Sorry, it's a bit of a long answer to your question, but hope that gave you the, the, the example. I think this is great, and and what what you're saying it totally makes sense. There's three really important learnings out of this discussion, out of this book, and you did an example, and I want to reuse that. Tim is a good guy. Yes, Tim shared quite a lot of great content or a lot of great content on this po podcast, and therefore I suggest also to the audience to post it, po this podcast and buy his latest book, Social Selling, because I think it's really, really uh, a good uh, book. Uh, he showed that for the people watching the video, for the people listening to this podcast, you will find also all the information in the in the show notes. Now we are coming to the end of this game. However, we still have some questions, and one question is about the future. In 10 years from now, we close our eyes and we think about customer experience and digital. What we are discussing about? Um, in 10 years' time, I, there's going to be a complete change in the way that we do business. The, the, you know, using digital will be the norm. Um, I think that what will happen is that we will transfer also into the metaverse. Um, and um, we're currently doing quite a lot of experiments and research with the metaverse. 
Um, we've actually just recently done a live stream in the metaverse um, and then streamed it back out of the metaverse. Um, and so um, th there's going to be some massive change. Um, and digital is become, going to becoming all, all evasive. And by the way, we're, we're actually working with a, a bunch of people in the metaverse where you don't need goggles, um, which is really exciting because I think that the goggle thing is a, a um, is a barrier to to it. But in ten years' time, there's this um, you you, you won't recognise um, business. Just like um, when I first started in work, you know, we did, there weren't computers and there wasn't things like Excel and um, 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 and word and and business has changed in the last thirty years and it will get changed and it will accelerate as well and we have to stay up, up stay up to date with it. Thank you very much. Now in the last three minutes of this uh, of this game, uh, three questions with short answer answer please. Is there a book that you would like to suggest to the audience that helped you during your career or during your life? Uh, yes, um, the the book I would suggest is. Um, Uh, Crossing the Chasm by Jeffrey Moore. Um, I think it's a it's a wonderful book for anybody that's launching a um, um, a business um, because it, in effect it explains how to to, to launch a business um, and um, and the way that people buy and what you need to do at certain stages um, and um, you know I've launched five or so um, um, products using that. Um, using that method and and I would recommend it it's I would recommend it to anybody um, I'm an avid reader um, I will read probably 30 40 books this year and have done for the last for, for, one of the things why I decided when I was CEO was I needed to keep up to date with information and I just read and read and read and read and read and read and read, and read. Um, but from a um, if you're launching a business the Jeffrey Moore book is is fantastic Thank you very much. And uh, I think that that will be the case. If somebody would like to contact you, what's the best way? Um, best place to probably get me is on LinkedIn. Um, I'm Timothy Hughes, which is H-U-G-H-E-S, or Tim Hughes. You can probably search on either. Uh, I am on Twitter, which is Timothy underscore Hughes, but LinkedIn is the best place. If you send, please send me a connection request with a note and say, I saw you on Greg's um, podcast can we have a chat or can we connect or whatever? Um, because I get lots of connection requests from people that then start pitching to me. So unless you put a note in it, it's difficult to qualify, qualify you in or qualify you out. And, and then the question is, is spam or not? And therefore, yeah, 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 yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. And now we are coming to the last question. Is Tim Golden Nugget, it's something that we discussed or something new that you would like to leave to the audience? Yeah, something that we're, we're finding... Um, which kind of plays on from what I talked about with the digital dominance piece. Um, we're asking a lot of people at the moment, who is the leading techni technical and commercial influencer in your market or vertical? And what, what, what we're seeing in the B2C, business-to-consumer space, is, that, is there a very clear definition of what an influencer is, and they influence people. We don't see that in the business-to-business -business space. And the thing is, is that being a, a, an influencer isn't, okay, it's, people go influencer and then roll their eyes and think it's something to do with TikTok and dancing and stuff like that. Now, this is a way of you defining your market. So whether you're, a, especially if you're a small player um, or even if you're a big player, but if you're a small player and you are fighting against big players, this is how you can actually define the market. 
define the narrative. And what we're what we're doing is that we're working with a number of organizations where we're using things like live streaming as the ability to make that definition and basically create an anchor in the markets. And Jen, you are the person that is that is defining that market, and the other people then have to shift to do what you, what you what you're doing. So, um, and we're seeing that taking place now in in B two B. People are starting to do it, and what when it's it's quite funny to watch because we've seen one of our clients do it, and then we've seen the the competition go absolutely ballistic trying to work out what to do. And it's quite funny watching the competition, which in effect you can see struggling and drowning because they don't understand the technicalities or the science or the psychology behind what the, the client's done. But I, I know, so again, a, another long answer, but this thing about being a, a, the, the technical and commercial influencer in B2B, we're going to see a massive, a, a massive uptake on that um, because people can use digital as a way of defining the market. Thank you very much. You're Great welcome. answer. I think the only thing that I can say after this golden nugget is thank you very much, Tim, for your Thank you, Greg. Thank you for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was a great pleasure, and I hope that the audience enjoyed this discussion as much as I did. As you know, we love feedback. Please feel free to contact Absolutely. me or to contact Tim, and uh, let's stay in touch. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Bye. -bye. Absolutely. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth, subscribe it, share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you!